Well, welcome to our first spiritual parenting class at New Life Downtown. I'm Holly Packiam, for those of you that I haven't met yet. Um, I'm in a very part-time position at New Life Downtown doing parenting ministries. And so we started last year doing some kind of independent um, single-topic classes and have been brainstorming and praying about what we can do for parents downtown. And so we thought and prayed about what kind of a class, and it made sense to connect to this material by Michelle Anthony because she is the children's pastor at the New Life North Campus. So the person who wrote this material is, is in our sphere with us, and so I've been able to talk with her and um, read through her material and glean from it and kind of mix it with other things that I've learned in the past. And, and I'm certainly humbled to be even teaching this, seeing how I'm... You know, my oldest is 12 and my youngest is 5, so I'm very much in the process of learning and growing as a parent as we all are. So grateful for all of you who, are, who came today. So I know you're giving up church and, um, to do this, so thanks for, thanks for coming. Um, just a couple details before we start. I tried to catch all of you, but if I haven't, um, there's a spiritual parenting book down here on the table, so every family gets a free copy of that. And every week I'll just kind of tell you this is what we're going to generally cover. So it's not required, but if you want to kind of read ahead and kind of get a feeling for what, what we're going to be talking about, you can read the chapter prior. So I will be covering today chapters one and two, and then next week three. So if you want to read up to three, um, you'll see a lot of, in, in the material, you'll see a lot of what we're talking about today. So um, I think that's all the logistical stuff. Um, any questions about that part of it? Did everybody get... Oh, let me say one more thing. Um, we, I'm going to ask you to write down a couple of things, and you can take notes as you want, but we will gather into groups at some point, or a couple times. So whatever group, maybe five or six people, we can kind of see how that flushes out. But um, I'll ask you guys to get into small groups to process things. We'll talk about a little bit of content, and then we'll get into groups and maybe answer a question for about five to seven minutes, and then we'll go back to talking. So that'll be kind of the general flow for, for the six weeks. So if you don't have anything to write with, um, there's some pieces of paper and pens here. So you'll want to be able, or you could use your phone, of course. Why? Of course you could use a phone or something, right? Um, <laughs> paper, so archaic. Um, so anyway, that's there if you want it. Um, so let me, let me begin with prayer, and then we'll, we'll dig in. Lord, you, you are the perfect parent. We want to follow you as our model. So we ask, Lord, that you would guide us in our parenting journey as we seek to parent with grace and truth and mercy. Lord, guide us with your Holy Spirit that we may see what you are doing in our children's lives and to follow your lead. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's, actually, let's, before I even get going into that, let's just take about five minutes or so, and if we can group into about five or six people and just introduce ourselves. I'm really hoping that some connections will be made in this group, and we're all in different places on a parenting journey, but hopefully even from after the six weeks that you'll be able to leave knowing people just a little bit better, connecting in our community a little bit better. So let's just give our name, um, the, um, your names, the names of your kids and ages, and whatever else you can share in one minute per person. <laughs> okay, let's break. Okay, we're gonna bring it back in, everybody. 
I'm glad that you like each other already and you're talking to each other and connecting. Thanks for, for making introductions and getting in there and getting to know each other a little bit already. Um, I, should have, I should introduce myself more than saying my name, which I did in a little bit in the beginning. But So these are my kids. Um, my oldest, Sophia, is 12, and Nora is 10. Jonas is 7, and Jane's 5. And I was trying to find, like, a really nice, you know, beautiful professional picture, and I, this is just the one I found right away of, of the recent weekend. So this is what they look like right now at the Balloon Festival. So that was kind of fun. Um, okay, the first thing I want to do before, before we get jump in is do a short reflection. So I, if you have a journal or just something to write on. This will just take a couple minutes. Um, but I'd like you to think about in your daily life as a parent, um, we, if we could think in a couple categories, um, like all the things, the logistical, practical things that you do as a parent every day. So things like making my kids lunches, you know, putting them down for naps, um, uh, just all the things that sort of make life run, right? Which we can probably all think of a lot of those things. And, Nikki, you can envision what it will be like very soon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. Um, and then think about, so maybe make one column or divide your page into two different things. And then let's think about the things that we contemplate and pray, be prayerful about that we are spiritually intentional about. So like, you know, it's our goal every week as a family to do a daily devotional once a week with them. Or, And I want to frame this also by saying, I really believe God is in all of these things, that it's not as if he's not in us washing the dishes and changing diapers and doing all that. So I want to make sure that you understand that I'm saying that. that I re really believe he's in it with all of us. He can speak to us in all of it, in all of it. But I also think there are parts of our lives where we can be really intentional to speak about God, to talk about him, to pray with our kids about God, to read the word with him, or, and, or read books with him. And I mean, there's, there's so many things in life that we can find ways to really turn our attention and focus um, in a spiritual way. Um, but just for the purpose of this reflection, let's kind of make, just start kind of brainstorming a little bit. And you can reflect on this later, but just for a couple minutes, just make those two categories, and then we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah, so category one being practical, logistical things, like task-oriented things that just make life function well. More, yeah, functional things. And then the other side being things where you're being um, intentionally trying to facilitate a spiritual life for your kids. Okay, I'm sure we could spend a lot longer on this, but just for the sake of time, we'll move forward. So hopefully you've been able to get Think of some things, I'm sure the practical things where you can name those off pretty quickly, right? All the things that you do to care and nurture your kids every day. Um, so let's think about, you know, kind of the number comparison here. How, do you, maybe someone can volunteer to share, maybe a couple people if you're willing. Someone's pointing you out, Mandy. <laughs> um, what, what is your balance like and do you have any thoughts or reflection on, on that balance or is there a balance or is it one-sided or... Anyone want to share? <laughs> yes.
So you've got a, you've got a lot on both sides. It's great. Anyone else want to share? No pressure. Well, I would imagine for, for a lot of us, it is, it is easy to name off, especially if our kids are really young, all these things that we feel kind of take up a lot of our day. And sometimes it can be challenging to, to find space or to find time or to make a priority these things that are spiritually intentional. So that's going to be part of, part of our discussion today um, and just awakening us. So this, this first section is called Awakening to Spiritual Parenting. So kind of looking at what is spiritual parenting and how can we awaken ourselves as adults to seeing how we can cultivate this spiritually intentional life with our kids. So there's a core scripture that's kind of the foundation of this class. And it's Psalm 78, 4 through 8. And I'm going to kind of summarize the passage. But it says, basically, Asaph commissioned parents in this passage to teach their children to know and follow God. And so we know that, um, of course, I mean, being on, in ministry and on staff, I, I so value and it's so important for all of us to come together as a community and to worship and love and serve each other together. We could have a whole talk on why that's valuable and important. And... Glenn talks about that a lot in church. Um, but I, I think a really core phrase for this course is that we are called as parents to be the primary disciplers. And so at, here at church, in our church community, we want to equip you as parents. We want to partner with you to help you do that. But we really believe God has put you as the primary discipler in your family. And so sometimes just depending on your background or your church experience that may be something that resonates with you or may or you may have had a paradigm that says well I don't really know or I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that and so I would rather just have that be done in a church setting but we just we want to we want you to know that we believe here that we believe God has really called you to that and so all of all the things we're going to talk about all the things that we'll present are going to be to say that really God has given you that calling and we want to encourage that in you so hopefully you'll feel that, feel that way through the course of this. Um, so kind of back to the thinking about our lives a little bit in these segments of the, the practical and the mundane and the, the things we want to do to facilitate a spiritual life. Um, so much of our day does have to be doing these practical tasks, right? And so, um, but we want to continue to be intentional about creating these environments to purposely disciple. So what, when I say that, what do I mean by that? What are we really talking about? So for... For our life right now, there's, I, I think I'm finally getting to the place where I'm able to do a little bit more to facilitate that. But I want you to know that for many years, this, this looked a lot smaller. When my kids were really little, I was you know, barely surviving in seasons and barely sleeping. And so just depending on the age range of your kids, you, know, you may feel a great capacity to do this and feel like you can be disciplined, or you may feel like it's really a challenge. And, and God gives you grace for wherever you are on that spectrum. So for us, um, we, my kids, so I partially homeschool and they go to school some of the time. And so for us, I have some of our kids home on many mornings a week and we do something that I just call morning time. And so we sit together and um, I just kind of have a little bit of a routine that we do together. So that is one portion of our day amidst some of the other crazier parts where we can sit together. And in that time, um, I'll usually try to Read, the, read a small portion of the Bible with them and talk about it and ask them to tell me about it. Because I really think that for all of us, adult or children, 
that we, we don't know that we really know something and we don't know if our kids really know something unless they can talk to us about it or write about it, right? We can sit in classes and someone can say all these things to us and we're like, yeah, I, I think I got something, but if we leave and we can't really articulate it in any way, then um, do we really know it? And so this is something that over the years, it's been a slow process, but I've tried to ask them whatever we're doing together. It's a way to intentionally kind of discuss ideas and ask them questions about things. So I think finally after years of pursuing and being semi-consistent in this, um, they, kind, you know, they kind of are in a rhythm where they can talk to me back about, about the Bible or about what we're reading. And so I'm in a season now where it's, it's really joyful actually because like, wow, you're old enough to really to really reflect and really be thoughtful and ask great questions. And so we're finally getting there. So for those of you who feel like we are so far away from that, you will get there. And I just encourage you to be just intentional with those, just the tiniest, tiniest little things. Um, we'll sort of continue to, to get them on this trajectory to be able to do that. Um, something else that here again, we were finally getting there with this, but in um, our evening mealtime, we'll do something called um, high, we just call it highs and lows. For adults, maybe in a, in a, you might have heard the term talking about your desolations or consolations, which just means, you know, what are the things where you see joy today and what are the areas where you feel drained today? So even when my youngest was two or three, we'd say, okay, we're going to do highs and lows at the dinner table. And um, every time Jane would say for her high and her low, I love Jonas. And I'm like, Okay, like it didn't, in mo you know, never made, any, or she'd say something completely random, it never made sense. And so, you know, part of you inside goes, this is, why are we even doing this? Like, they're so far away from this. She does, obviously has no idea what we're talking about. But I still really believe that, you know, keeping on planting those seeds and giving them just teeny bits of vision for what you're trying to do, they'll, they'll start growing. And eventually she picked it up, and now she's the first person to say, let's do our highs and lows. And so... Often when I'm tired and by the time you get to dinner, you're like, you know, some days barely, barely there. She's, she's the one encouraging me now. So I find that to be so exciting too, that in those moments where you're tired and like feeling like having a sense that you want to lead your kids in a certain way, but you're like, how can I possibly do this? That the more that you keep, you know, um, continuing to take those steps that Someday your kids will remind you of what, you're, what we want to be doing, actually, in the family. So that's been kind of fun. Um, and with our older kids now, we're also, this summer, we just tried to, we had a little bit more space this summer, so we tried to have what we call the family talk at the dinner table. And so our, um, we just bring up some kind of a discussion and ask some questions. And so that could be an idea if your kids are old enough to kind of to jump in and do that. But I... I think family dinners for us is the one time when everybody's together and we can try to start some of those conversations. Um, okay, so let's break again for just a few minutes in our groups. And your, your mind's probably going now thinking, okay, you know, oh, Holly's throwing all these ideas and sometimes we can feel like, oh, I am either doing a really great job with this or, oh, I'm, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm so exhausted and tired and drained and I really want to be spiritually intentional, but I don't know how to have the capacity for that. So, but you might also have a sense that the Spirit is, you know, saying something in your heart, like maybe it's one thing, like, okay, I could be, this week, I could be really intentional about focusing on God as the, as the center of our lives by doing one thing. Maybe it's sitting down for 20 minutes with your kids and, and opening the Jesus Storybook Bible and talking with them. And so 
I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. Um, and sometimes when we, I'm in these settings at least, my tendency is like, okay, I'm gonna get down to it. I'm gonna have five things on my list and I'm gonna be super spiritually intentional this week. And then you try to do all these things and you, you don't do anything and then you feel like you completely bombed out. And I've read enough about habits <laughs> to know that um, if we, the best case scenario for, for starting a new rhythm or a pattern is to try one thing, do it for 30 days, and, and if it's something that's working, to try to maintain that rather than saying, I'm gonna totally change our life and add all these things in, you know? So, so let's just group for about five to seven minutes and talk about, just talk process for a few minutes each where you're at with this, how, where you're feeling, if you're feeling, um, yeah, just how you're feeling about it, and if there's, maybe you have one idea that you just want to share with the group. You know what, this is something that I'm going to try or retry again. Maybe, maybe I did this a year ago, and it just fell off, but, but I'm having a sense of, this could be one intentional way that we could connect spiritually. Just try it this week. Okay, let's break. Okay, we're going to circle back in. Hopefully you've had some little bit of reflection time to, to contemplate where you're at in your own family life. I was just talking to Kelly up front, and I thought she had a really wonderful idea that she might want to try in her home, so I just asked her if she'd be willing to share that. Do you mind standing up, Kelly? Do you mind standing up so they can all hear you? Thanks. <laughs> Great idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought that was a really great idea for bringing confession more. And just we were talking about how you know sometimes in the moment with conflict with with our kids, you know I don't want them to just well I I, I had started out just kind of making them apologize. And then as I reflected on that more, I began to think that there's really no change of heart happening if I'm just making, like, okay, you must apologize right now. That I really want them to have a change of heart and be sincere in their apologies. And so sometimes that takes time. And so I thought that that was kind of in the course of this conversation of, you know, especially if you've got some more melancholy kids or kids who, I've got some that are just quick to immediately change their heart and apologize, and I've got others who take half a day to kind of get out of their head and their, um, to, to, you know, to really be sincere and really want to, to have a change of heart. So thanks, Kelly. I thought, I thought that was great. Okay, so we're going to get into talking more about just some ideas about what does spiritual parenting really mean. So as spiritual parents, we position ourselves as students to learn about the child God has entrusted to us. This isn't a parenting style. It's a reliance on God. And so, yeah, we're, so we're kind of talking about this idea of being a spiritual parent versus our desire and attempt sometimes to want to be a perfect parent. And um, I... 
when I, right before I had my first child in kind of those early years, I don't know that I really realized I was really striving for that, but I read every parenting book I could find on all the like practical things to do, all the, just I wanted to do the very best job I could, and so that's kind of my personality to just dive in and, and do everything. And so on, on one hand, that is good and that is wise, and I would encourage you to read books, and, and I'm still doing that, but not with a, kind of a push behind it to like I'm on this uh, wheel and I'm spinning and turning my wheels to, to just do the very best I can on my own. But like I said, it really is truly, uh, as we gain wisdom and knowledge, we also need the, you know, not also, primarily we need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us and to daily, consistently ask that he would lead us. Because we could have this whole paradigm of this is how parenting works in my home and when this child does this, then I do this. And although those things can be helpful, there's been many times where I've had in my mind this is the solution to this and I attempt to to follow through and it just completely bombs. And so the moments that really stick out to me in my parenting journey is those moments when I've really leaned in and been more prayerful and said, Lord, you know, this, this situation here, just a story that comes to mind is um, one of my girls was, this is probably a few years ago, we're taking piano lessons. And um, it was just one of those days where she was just not having the practice. And so I said, no, you know, this is, this is our routine. You need to sit down and practice. And she was just very angry. And I don't remember the context of the day, but um, she just like pounded her fist down and threw the piano book off, off the table. And, and and those are the, I think when my kids really respond aggressively, then my, I feel that rising up in me that I want, to, I want to control the situation. I want to, I know that I can't do that, but I want to. I know that I can't just make her practice the piano. We can't actually make them do anything, can we? We'd like to think that we can, but we really don't ultimately have control. Um, and so it was one of those moments when I really felt this sense of the spirit in my heart say, you know, you need to comfort her. You need to, to wrap your arms around her and love her. And I thought, no, I do not want to do that. I need to get control of this situation. And so um, those are some of the very hardest moments for me where you feel like that anger rising up in you. And then you're like, I'm just, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. And I know this seems of the Lord to do that, but it's just sometimes it's really difficult. So I remember going over, just like wrapping my arms around her and just sitting there and holding her. And it was like, I could kind of feel almost the physical anger that she had about like just her body, like. And so I think just wrapping my arms around her and just not combating intensity with intensity, but wrapping my arms around her and it just helped her to, to settle. But this was not my nature. This wasn't what I would have thought in my cognitive mind of what the best parenting solution would be, that it really was a spiritually-led moment. And I've had many moments when I have not done that. But it is a constant thing that I try to do in my, like, just for our family in the morning, whether you have time to spend with the Lord or read the Word or have silence or contemplation in the morning or sometime during the day, or maybe you're in a season where you're just trying to figure that out at all, I will try to start the day with, Lord, help me to have eyes to see and ears to hear what you are doing today. And I think that just helps set my mind and my heart at peace and a trust, really, that the Lord will lead and guide me because there are the moments where you're actually seeking that and there are the ones where you're not and your emotions and your thoughts are spinning out of control. And I just want to trust and believe that the Lord will lead and guide me in those moments where I don't know what to do. Um, 
So as a spiritual parent, we trust God to do his work in us as parents and in our children. And this happens by God's grace and faith, but it's ultimately a mystery. It is, isn't it? We want to kind of, here again, we kind of want to figure out all the right things to do. And um, even some of you, I'm seeing, you know, we've got a lot of babies in here. And even with little ones, right? I mean, I read so many books about wanting to find out the perfect way to how to lay them down to sleep and how to do this. And, and I ended up honestly throwing most of it out because I couldn't find anything that really worked. And ultimately, it was kind of a child-to-child thing. Um, our first child, I tried to schedule, and she just screamed at me to no end. It just, it just didn't work. And so ultimately, I kind of went with, with what she was wanting. And then my next one, I, I kind of had totally given up, and she literally just scheduled herself. And she's still like the most detailed scheduled person that I know. And really helps our family in that way. But it's just so interesting now having older, like, wow, like, I didn't know what that meant as an infant, but she was really saying so much to me, even as like a six-month-old. So it's pretty interesting. Um, but just thinking about this mysterious, how mysterious this work of the Holy Spirit is, that we can't really figure it out, that we can't create this parenting formula or this thing as much as, as we want to. And so this is, this is it's still, I'm still very much on this journey as much as I've really tried to find it. So dependence on God and his spirit is really at the heart of being a spiritual parent. And so depending on where you are in your own walk with the Lord, what I'm saying might, you know, this might seem like a stretch. You know, Holly, what does it even mean to rely on the Holy Spirit and depend on him? And I think as we as we continue to grow in our own walk with the Lord, and I think probably most of us, we can say to ourselves, well, am I doing this? Like what I want to instill in my kids, what, what I want to teach them, we're just as much in, our, in a process of that ourselves, right? We're just as much continuing to come back to the Lord to say, for my own life, Lord, how, how can I hear you? How can I see you? And I think he's really presenting himself in so many ways, whether that be through his word and as you continue to understand the big God story, and we're going to get to that in future weeks, like, what is this big God story and how can I really understand that and how can I teach my kids that? And, but I, I really want to encourage you that wherever you're at in your own walk with the Lord and your own growth, that your kids will see that. And I'm probably skipping ahead. We're going to get to that. But um, that, you know, what, wherever you're at, if you're a newer Christian or if you've been walking with the Lord for years, that whatever you're doing and modeling, however a little bit that is or however much of your time you're spending, that, that they see that, that they, they see that you're, trajectory is to follow the Lord, that your posture is toward the Lord. And um, I think I've had to work on that in the sense that oftentimes I think I've thought about this being more private, that I, and I still do need that private time without them in the room, but just that, um, that I think it encourages our kids, and even if they're little, just watching you, that if we just read the Bible in front of them or, or we talk to them and process what we feel comfortable doing with them, that's been a growing edge for me. I think I've tended to think, well, I'm going to process you know, what God's doing in my life with Glenn and with family and friends and mentors, but that I often... I'll. I'll just, you know, have this light bulb, like, oh, I should share this with my kids, or when I do, they're like, really, mom? Wow, you, like, really showing your humanity to them. Well, of course, they do see our humanity, more, more in the negative, right? In the, <laughs> they see that part of our, our humanity, but do we, do we let them in and show them and open up our walk with the Lord with them, too? So that, for me, is definitely an area where I'm, 
I'm trying to be more aware of that and, and to, to show them more and so like, I want to be by myself and it to be quiet and, and maybe we can find little ways of doing, of doing both. Um, let's see here. Okay. So we don't create spiritual lives for our children by controlling, so we're kind of getting into with the behavior, how does this look with behavior, you know, kind of what I've hinted on already, controlling behavior or not, by controlling their behavior or even by exposing them to the word of God. And so this is, this is probably for all of us on some levels a hard one. Um, you know, we, we want our kids to love the Lord and follow him and exemplify his, his character and his behavior. And when they don't, if we're honest, it's sometimes embarrassing, right? They're having this total screaming meltdown fit, and you're thinking, what, what do people think? Like, am I, am I not taught them anything? They can't control themselves. Um, but I really believe that at the heart of spiritual parenting, that it isn't about just finding ways to create this perfect child or to have them say all the right things and do all the right things, um, that it really is a, that God working in their hearts and that we are to come alongside that process and facilitate that and train them and lead them and encourage them, but ultimately we cannot, we can't control their behavior. And I, I mean, I suppose there are means of doing, there are means of doing that, but I think ultimately that won't produce what we, what really we want. We really want our kids to choose to follow the Lord, to, to want to obey him, to want to follow him, to want to hear his voice. And, um, of course, we can find means of controlling them or putting fear in them. And we may have this 18-year-old leaving our house who has the appearance of following God and maybe making the right choices, doing the right things, but there's a decent chance that at some point that will fall apart. If um, that it will become unraveled. And, and here again, not even doing all the right things and even being the spiritual parent, we ultimately still have no control over, they, over what they choose. They will make their own choices. Um, and, oh, yeah, that's right. See, speed bottle for us right here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. um, and so, yes, ultimately, you know, in, in the end, no, no matter what we do or don't do, the Lord has to, has to do this in their heart and help them to make, make the choices that we can't, you know, we could feel like we're doing everything right and having the relationship right and, and not controlling them and they could still choose not to follow him. And so that, that is, that is a, a humbling um, thought. And in my own life, I've, I know this, I think about this, I pray about this, but I, I re- there's many moments every, six, you know, every so many weeks, months that I realize um, where someone will say, you probably, you know, have you ever thought about your child choosing this or doing this? And, and I do think, yeah, I, I, you know, I can't really, I'm sure that that probably won't happen. And so I'll, I'll find myself thinking things and saying things where I realize I, I do kind of think I have more control than I actually have. I do sort of think it's probably going to work out this way and hopefully and prayerfully that it will. Um, So spiritual parenting says it's not my job to force my children into an outcome, but it is my job to come alongside what God is doing and to partner with him. So it, this is a very prayerful thing for us that we're constantly praying for, you know, whatever it is for their, for what God wants for them in their life, for their, you know, who he's created them to be in their personality, what, what dreams he's put in their heart, what he's, 
you know, whatever it is. And if, for us, we've got four individuals. So it's like, ah, at this stage of life, it feels they're really starting to vocalize this more. They're like, they're really these individual human people that have, are starting to have goals and dreams. And it's, it's, it can be a little bit overwhelming feeling. And so, um, but I'm constantly praying that the Lord will, you know, broaden Glenn and I's capacity to, to see them, to see them, like, even from being little, like, they are humans. They are human beings who God's created in his image for, to have a purpose and have a plan in this, in this life. And so, Lord, will you help me to see this every day? Will you help me to foster this and encourage this? Um, it can... And Lord, help me not to feel, help me to feel a healthy weight of this, but not to take it on as a burden and too much a responsibility. Um, but just to, to think of it as we are really partnering with the Lord, that we are not ultimately in control and in charge of our children. So these are a few things. This is kind of a core part of the chapters if you, if you end up reading them. Um, I, I changed the wording just slightly, but this is kind of a core part of the chapter that Michelle focuses on and what, what are really some of the three key components. We've talked about some bigger ideas of spiritual parenting. Um, and there, so we show, so if we want to show our children a faith that would, show our children a faith that would lead them to, so having a faith that would lead them to love the Lord with their God, with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. So this is really a core scripture that I continue to come back to and focus on. I think the other two fall, fall under that. But to know God and to hear his voice, and then to follow God and obey him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and even in, when I think about this, the obedience thing, um, I think, you know, if we're following after God, he, he is really calling us to obey him, but that isn't like a kids, you need to just obey, or we just, do we obey the first time? Not usually, but you know, God is walking alongside us and giving us grace to follow after him, and although there are ways that, um, that we fall short, he's, he's encouraging us, and so as we are, are to do with our kids, and this is uh, a constant process that, that we're in, right, and our kids are also in, uh, but this just kind of gives us a big, a big picture of, of really what we're trying to do as parents. So let's break just for about another five minutes. We've been talking for a while. Um, so this is kind of for us. This is for us as parents to, to reflect on, on our life a little bit as a parent and as just a follower of Christ. So how can we make our lives a daily spiritual act of worship? And I'm, I, was, I, was, I finished all this, and last night I thought, I probably should have put these questions. Would it be helpful to have these questions up? So it's not like, uh, what was that question? Okay, next time I will just try to put the questions up so that when you're in your groups, you, um, if you're visual, especially, you're like, what was that? Um, so how can we make our lives a daily act of worship? Um, and maybe another way to say it is, how can we daily choose to depend on God and his spirit? What, is, what does that look like in our walk with the Lord now? Okay, let's, let's bring it back in. Would any, no pressure, but would anyone like to share, volunteer to share something that, how this looks in your life when you think about daily sort of bringing your own life before the Lord? Is anything you want to share? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. 
That's right. That's right. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's right. They're they're gonna see um, see how we repent and how we come back to the Lord. Exactly as you said. I I have wonderful parents, and and they um, one of the things that um, I didn't see growing up, and that they now you know they've they've changed and grown so much. I'm sure we'll look back when we're in our 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and go, oh, if I would have known that then, that that might have been a little helpful. Um, but uh, you know, they now realize that, that apologizing was something that they they do now. But they didn't really they didn't grow up seeing anyone apologizing to them. Their family culture that they lived in didn't didn't show that, and and so they didn't really know that they should do that or that that would be helpful for our relationship. And um, so I did not see that ever growing up. I never had a parent apologize to me about anything. And so because of that not being modeled, it's been, that's been really hard for me, to be honest. I, um, Glenn does this so well, so it's great that he, he just, he's the quickest person to just say, oh, I'm so sorry that, you know, and he just, his parents modeled that for him. That was just a normal family environment for him. But I think for any, this is just a good example of so many areas where we didn't have that modeled um, or had that, you know, put before us by someone in our life. We may learn something, you know, you know, to apologize, and that this is how this helps the relationship. And um, but it's hard to do, isn't it? If it's just not something that that we're used to. So I've had to take very, very baby steps in that area. So I appreciate you bringing that up to me because that is is such a part of of spiritual parenting, of humbling humbling ourselves and um, showing our kids that we fall too and that we make mistakes and um, that, that that really connects us and shows our humanness. Um, so we, we know that we are defined by Christ and our identity in him and it's not about what we are or not doing. Um, this is also something that's, that's been a work in progress for me and um, w- with my kids. Um, it's just easier to correct their behavior, isn't it? It's easier to say the expectations, and of course, to have a healthy home, we have to follow family rules. We have to have to have things set. But it's how when those things are falling apart, how how do we deal with that? How do we go about that? Um, I think it's easier for me to say this is what we should be doing. Um, so just a story that came to mind when I was thinking about this is this summer, usually in the summer we try to come up with some kind of a summer reading program. We've done the one with the library, which, which we do, but as my kids have gotten a little bit older, we've, I've thought, how can I bring them into this instead of me just deciding what we're going to do? How could I involve them in the process? Um, hoping that that would kind of motivate them and give them some ownership of this. And so I went to my two older girls and said, you know, what if you had a goal of how much you want to read this summer, you know, what would it be? How many pages? And so I, I think they probably both overestimated just a little bit, but they set their goals. I asked them to choose, you know, what, what they thought they could do, and they both set a page amount. Like, I think I could, I could read about this much. And so we, you know, had set some goals for that and um, you know, talked about a reward at the end of the summer. And um, so I'm, you know, I'm kind of watching them day to day, you know, starting strong and doing this and then you know so how summer is you're kind of in and out of town you're doing different things and so I would see them getting distracted with different things so there were days when I would you know say okay like you know you need to we talked about your goals I want you to to meet your goals and to accomplish what we talked about at the end of the summer um 
And instead of saying, and, that, and that's not wrong to say that, to, to point out, we, that's part of our job as a parent, right? To point out and to find a gracious way to communicate um, what's, what's expected of them in the family. So this isn't a, we're not training them, they do whatever they want to. We need that, but we also need encouragement. And this is something else that was really just not a part of my Midwestern family. We just, you know, you say you love me once and that's it. And I know I'm loved and that's just kind of how, like, we all, like, support each other and hang out together and that's, that was just it. I never really doubted their love, honestly, but um, it, it wasn't really ever communicated with words and, um, um, yeah, there's, there was, wasn't really a lot of encur- verbal encouragement. And so that's something that hasn't really come natural to me either because I just, that wasn't a part of our family. Um, so um, as we're processing this, this reading program, I'm here again, like, I have these moments of being prompted, <laughs> I think, by the Lord to say, Holly, like, let's not just say what's not happening. Let's say calling them to what is, what is good, calling them to who they are. And... Um, Glenn is really, really great at this. Um, he's constantly saying to, you know, if they're, it, um, one particular child sometimes will really get critical or just be really melancholy or in a, in a funky place. And inside I'm like been dealing with this all day. You know, I'm like, ah, wringing my neck about this particular thing. And, and he'll be able to come home. Maybe not, maybe it's just not being in it constantly. He'll be able to come home and say, um, you know, who you, I know who you are. You are a kind and loving person. And, um, and I'm thinking, not five minutes ago, you know, whatever, but he's able to come in and, and have this, like, broader perspective, but, like, really saying what the, what the Lord would see. Who does the Lord see you as? Who is he calling you to and to be? And so that, this for sure is an area that I'm, like, taking really baby steps in, like, I mean, I, it just doesn't come natural to me, so I'll have to really sit and be prayerful about, okay, I am going to go today and spend five minutes and encourage this particular child or, or write them something, but it's not like I'm just exuding this all the time. I'm, I'm, it's easier for me to figure out what needs to be done and what people should be doing, and there's a lot of them, and so, um, so this is definitely an area that the Lord is challenging me. But, oh, to come back to the reading story of which I first began. Um, so the end of this was, I really felt the Lord prompting me to say, wow, look, you, you've read four books already this summer. I've seen you, you know, sit and be diligent, and you've come and you've told me about them, and you've reflected on them and told me these stories, and, and focusing, focusing on that instead of what's not being done. So this, yeah, this is a, a huge growing edge in, 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 for me and my family. And just remembering, remembering to ask for the Lord's guidance and just for him to quicken my heart and to help me to have a sense of doing that and making that a priority. And so for me, this would, from, for where I'm at now, this would probably be something I'd have on my list as a spiritual practice, really, a practice of encouragement, a practice of calling them to who they really are. Um, See, um, so I'm thinking again about the Lord's work in our children's lives um, and, you know, wanting to really lean on the spirit versus wanting to control. Um, another story that comes to my mind is a recent one with our son. He's never really been fearful at bedtime. He's, he's a pretty easygoing guy, kind of a sweet, sensitive spirit and, um, and 
has really been the easiest one to put to bed <laughs> out of all the kids. And just, but just recently, um, he started having a lot of fear issues at bedtime. And so I don't know about all of you, but sometimes the, whatever's coming up at bedtime can be, for me at least, the most challenging because you're so tired. You're, you're like, I either really don't want to go to sleep or I have things I want to do because I haven't been able to do any of these things all day. And so whatever kind of comes up at bedtime, if, if your kids are, I mean, baby stage is a whole different thing with, you know, just, you can't talk to them through any of these things. It's not an option. But um, it was just one, a couple nights when I was feeling like, I am exhausted. I'm to my end. I, I don't have time for you to have fear issues. You just need to go to bed. Um, but it was, and, and then, you know, in those moments, you're having to discern as well. Like, uh, is, is that what it really is? Or are you just not wanting to go to bed? Are you just wanting to stay up and do other things? And so, um, so that, you, you know, that is kind of a discerning thing. Like, what's really, what is really going on here? Um, instead of just jumping to here again, I just need to control the situation. And um, Renee was giving me a thumbs up for one of my children who are fussing around back there. So it's okay. <laughs> um, and, okay, let me get back to what I'm thinking. Okay, bedtime, yes. Um, and so I really wanted to, to just be like a defiance issue because that would just seem you know, easier to, to wrap your mind around, right, and just deal with it. Um, and, um, but I really had a sense, I think this really is a fear, like it truly is a fear issue, and he was describing what he was imagining, just some of the darkness and the thoughts, and, and then you realize, okay, this isn't an easy, this isn't going to be an easy, however long this is going to take, evening. Um, but I was, I started to kind of try to engage, and Glenn was like, let me just go in there and, and take over. So he spent quite a bit of time you know, talking to him about how, how the Lord is more powerful than any evil spiritual darkness and trying to give him a perspective that maybe he didn't understand and then really praying with him through this. And, and he ended up really settling down and calming down and being able to fall asleep, but like an hour later. Um, and so this, you know, this is, these are moments when I really want to just be able to, to quit. And get, so it, parenting is hard work, isn't it? It takes everything you have it takes all of your and mental and physical and emotional energy and this is why you know it just has to be such a prayerful thing because we don't have it in us on our own do we we don't have enough strength in any of those areas to make it and so i think you know leaning into the lord is is really the the only way that we can can make the right decisions and and, and we won't we won't be perfect we won't do it all right um so let's go to the, we, we've, I've hinted on this a little bit, but um, kind of getting back to the idea of, of modeling, that we as parents, we really are living testaments, that we are really living testaments of, of, of a walk with the Lord. Um, and ultimately, we can't give away something that we don't have. Um, so, but here again, wherever you're at on the journey, you know, I'm assuming, if you haven't, we can talk about this, but that you, that you are, have accepted the Lord and you, you're wanting to follow him and wanting to, to be a Christian parent and follow after the Lord. Um, but if, if we sort of have these ideas of wanting our children to um, follow after the Lord and hear him and listen to him, but that we have really no concept or no desire to do that in our own life or they don't see that in any way, we're going to have a lot of, 
I have a lot of friction over that. If, if they see this disconnect or this um, between what we're modeling and doing versus what we're telling them to do, right? I mean, it's this, you know, the old saying. Uh, what is the old saying? Do as they say, not as they do. That's right. <laughs> um, um, and so sometimes if we, you know, we'll, we'll joke about that with food in our family, like, you know, kids, you don't need, we don't need to have the sugar or the ice cream and we're back you know, sneaking it or whatever in the bathroom, like, I need my chocolate or whatever. <laughs> um, but um, just here again, it just comes back to finding little ways to, to model that and to, to present that and whatever, you know, whatever music we're listening to, whatever we're reading, whatever we're really filling our house with, um, our car with, all the environments that we're in, um, they're going to, you know, naturally be, you know, hope, hopefully following that or processing that or thinking about that. Um, let's see. Let's see. Okay. I'm trying to figure out what direction. I, I lost my slides, such so is okay. But... It's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Let's see how much time we have left. Okay. Um, so thinking a little bit, too, about the modeling part of this, um, I think we, there's this idea that we become what we behold, and that just means that um, whatever we hold dear to our hearts, whatever we're pursuing, um, that that's really, like, you are what you eat kind of an idea, you know, that, that our kids are watching that. So... Um, you know, what, what I'm reading, like kids see these books laying around, what I'm listening to on the radio, you know, those, those messages are coming in. And I think part of this too is that we don't want to just tell our kids here again, this is, this is the kind of music you should listen to, this is what you should be reading, but whatever we're, we're filling our own mind and hearts with is what they're going to see, it's going to influence them. And um, we want to encourage that discernment process in them. And so I'm starting to see this develop more in my own kids, which is, is wonderful just to see them not just asking me, Mom, what should I do? Um, but, you know, like, for example, they'll, they're in a dance studio, so they'll go to the dance studio and they'll, you know, hear certain, certain songs. And so they'll say, I heard this song lyric. You know, what, what do you think about that, Mom? And we'll talk about, you know, is, is, that, is, is this particular lyric, is this leading you to contemplate the Lord to facilitate the Lord as the center of your life or not and and then we have this whole conversation about how is it always that clear isn't sometimes it kind of neutral like what about um, the soundtrack to the Beauty and the Beast CD well what does that do you know it's it's not always black and white right but um, just being willing to engage in these conversations as they come up I think is helpful in in helping their discernment process encouraging that rather than just telling them what we should think. And I think here, this is, this is a hard one, isn't it? Don't we just want to tell them what the right thing is? And we just want to give away like the moral at the end of Aesop's fable, like, see, this is the moral. This is what you should be. This is what you should take from this. And so this is something that I'm continuing to grow in in my own parenting journey. Um, I also, as, lo- as well as working some New Life downtown, um, I'm part of a ministry called Story Formed. So one of my passions kind of under parenting is literature and books and um, just reading, reading with our kids, reading aloud to our kids. Um, 
So if you want to look into that more, you can check out my website, um, storyform.com, if you want to kind of read more about reading with your kids and um, reflecting in, in that way. Um, but what I love, I'll just give a little side pitch for this, what I love about, about books and about great literature is that is a way of being kind of a subversive way of communicating, of, of messages becoming at least um, available for your kids to process. So it's, I love it because there's so many things that I want them to think and contemplate. Or, so for example, we read last year um, Joe's Boys. It's a, it's a chapter book by Louisa May Alcott. And at the time, I actually didn't know this was coming because I hadn't read the book. But um, one of our kids, we were, were dealing with some lying issues. And there's quite a bit of, of stories brought up in that book about lying. And it, we actually just dealt with it like a couple days before. And then there's this whole thing about the child lying and the impact that that had on relationships in, in this. There's a bunch of boys who live together. And, and that's, I just love how literature has a, great literature has a way of doing that, of a way of, of presenting something before them to, to reflect. And the Bible does the same thing, stories in the Bible that I think great stories that have a spiritual undergirding, that Bible stories and great literature stories, they work hand in hand to um, to bring up these things in the life of our kids. And it's because us just saying lying is bad, don't do it, that's not godly, isn't going to produce a child who doesn't lie. Um, there has to be other ways, other subversive, what, what, subversive meaning, you know, not a non-direct way. And, and Jesus does that in the Bible all the time with his stories, doesn't he? He's, he's not just saying, do this, don't do I mean, there are places in the Bible where he does do that, but there are many other, the way he lived his life was sharing stories where he'd say, well, someone would ask him a question, he'd say, well, let me, let me, give, let me share this story with you. And so he's wanting his people to reflect and think about. And so I would call this like not, not moralizing for your children, not just telling them this is, you know, if you read something, if you experience something, that this is what should be your response to this, or this should be your thought process, because it, it won't become their own if we do this. And um, uh, a situation probably a few years ago where this was, kind of tested for me was in one of my girls when she was eight and she came to me and said I don't know if I really believe in God and I think I wasn't I definitely just wasn't expecting that at eight I think I had these I knew I know that you know we all go we've I've gone through processes of places of doubt in my life I, I expected this to come with all of our kids at some point but not quite at eight so internally I was like oh I, I tried not, like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, I wasn't emotionally really prepared for that. Um, um, but I you know, tried to just lean in and, and process with her. But it, it continued for probably about a year. And um, she just said, I, how can I believe that the Bible's true or that um, who these people, how do I know that they heard from the Lord and that this is actually the inspired word of God? And for that matter, how do I know that anyone who wrote any history book, like they say all these things happen, but why should I trust them? And um, then it kind of went to, I don't really know if I should go to church because I don't know if I really believe in God, so why should I go to church and worship? <laughs> Oh, this is really, this is really great. What am I supposed? Right, as an eight-year-old, you're like, okay. Um, and so, at the time, Glenn was leading the Alpha course for adults, and so we're like, how do we come alongside her and and be um, 
gracious and at peace in, in ourselves of where she's at. Like, this is okay. This is acceptable that she is here and I can't make her be in a different place. I don't want to force her in a different place. I want to come alongside her and encourage her where she's at. And, um, and so I talked to her about how we know many people in our congregation who ask those same things and who say, I don't fully believe everything in the Bible. I believe parts of the Nicene Creed, but I don't know if I believe all, like, should I even come to church? And Glenn and I say, yes. Like, we encourage you to be a part of our bot wherever you're at. It's acceptable, and the Lord is, has you on a journey and, and in this place. And um, so we are saying the same thing to our, to our own child. And so, but just for her to even think, oh, really? Like, there are other people who think that and who go to church too, you know, in her paradigm that she just in her kind of, you know, where her age developmental stage, that's where she was at. And um, so then the next part of it was like, I, you know, she just didn't want to participate and she was, didn't want to stand up and she would, she's like, okay, I can understand that you want me to come, but I don't want to participate. So she, some of you may have noticed, she sat down for weeks, months, and just sat there. Um, and, you know, being up in the front, husband's the pastor I'm like my child is like not participating in church this is really great I'm a really great <laughs> or I can you can get self-conscious or like but so it was again me like submitting myself to the Lord like okay this is this is where it's at this is a good process hopefully and prayerfully this will strengthen her walk you know at some point um and then eventually one day she just stood up in church again and started you know, kind of slowly worshiping again, and we'd have periodic conversations, and I can't remember if I said this or if I just thought it, um, that, so Glenn was leading that adult alpha course, so he took her through the youth alpha course. Did I say that? No, okay, I thought I missed that. So, um, he took, and like, Sophia wanted to do it too, and Nora wanted to do it, and um, they both wanted to do it, and so uh, it just, you know, here again, it just wasn't something we thought of for our own kids. We're like, you know, you know that they're going to go through it, but it, she just seemed young. And so it was just a long process of continued conversation and us really trying to be gracious and accepting of where she was at. And, you know, I could have forced, I could have said, no, you're standing up in church. This is just what we do. But I just had a sense that that wouldn't, wouldn't produce in her this desire to really serve and love the Lord. And, and there may be, situ- not to say you should, that should always be your response, that, you know, situations are different. You might just have a child who's just like being honorary and you're like, you can stand up in church, you know. So there might be different responses to different situations. But in this situation, I just had a sense not, not to push it in. So it was probably about a year, and I just slowly saw her start to t- kind of, you know, wean in a little bit. And um, there were just, a, without making this story super long, there were just some different situations where God really used specific things in her life and kind of unlikely things to me that where she said, you know, I was in this, this, this environment and I really felt like I sensed the Lord there and I really feel his joy. And I was absolutely, completely shocked to hear that come out of her mouth. So anyway, just a, just a story to show that, you know, where, that you might have children in these places and you're thinking, will they ever come out of this and how did they get here? And um, I'm sure we'll have many more of these <laughs> as, we, as we continue to go on. Um, let's see where we are with the time. So I have a few minutes left. Okay. Um, so one last question. We'll just spend about the last five minutes in our groups again. Um, so here's a question. So how much energy do you spend trying to control your children's behavior? 
<laughs> We're going to end with the big one. <laughs> and then the second question is, how is that working for you? <laughs> um, so we'll, so yeah, let's, we'll talk and I'll just t- say when we're, when we're done. Um, just a reminder, uh, if you want to read chapter three here again, if any of you missed that, that's what we'll be going over next week. If you didn't grab a book, um, there's books up here. If you, please come talk to me. I'd love to talk with you or answer any questions. If you want to email me, my email is hpackiam at newlifechurch.org. Just like every, anyone else on staff, it's always first initial, last name at newlifechurch.org. So um, we'll just spend five minutes. I'll tell you when that's up so you can go get your kids. Um, but thank you for coming today. It was really fun to be with you. So. <laughs>